We have finally arrived. It is week one of the NFL season, which means it's week number one for the DFS podcast here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. I'm Derek Tate alongside the one and only Kyle Soppy. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. Kyle, we have finally arrived. We are about my to, goodness. we've arrived at the fruit of our labors, my friend. How are you feeling heading into week number one? We made it. Like if, I, you know, the prep work and everything like that's fun. It's a lot of research, which is what I like digging in. You like watching the tape. Like there's, there's value in the summer. Don't get me wrong, but there is nothing like waking up and seeing on the schedule game today. I really don't care who's playing. We have Lions Chiefs tonight, which is a great game. Don't get me wrong. But if it was anything and they just had NFL games and this was something that counted toward our fantasy season, I'd be excited. So let's get this freaking going. Let's roll into DFS week one. So if you have not yet done so, and this is the first time you're coming across our YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe, click the like button, and also make sure you click the little bell so you get the ding, ding, ding every single time we drop one of our podcasts and any of our content here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. Again, we're going to be dropping all kinds of content. And by the way, if you have a last-second draft, I don't know who's drafting on Thursday morning heading into do. the first game, but some people do. We have all kinds of content that you can consume. Uh, we have a trade sit analyzer, or a, I mean, excuse me, a trade analyzer. We also have a lineup optimizer tool on a week-to-week -week basis, kind of a start sit optimizer. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and check that out over at profootballnetwork.com. Uh, so we'll drop links in the descriptions. We have all kinds of different tools that we're going to be using during this DFS podcast. But we'll go ahead and start it off, Soppy, with stacks. Got to come out firing, right? We got to make gotcha. sure that we hit on these stacks because that really increases your chances of, of making any money on a weekly basis, but in potential, those big wins in those tournaments, if you can hit on some of these stacks, what is a stack that must be in your DFS lineup or, uh, heading into week one? For me, it starts and ends with the Chargers, really. I mean, you don't have to look much further than the projected point total to land on this game. And it's not always that simple. Like, Vegas knows what they're doing, but they're not always right. But in this case, I think they are. I'm going Justin Herbert and Mike Williams. Keenan Allen, you can put in there if you want, or if you want a double stack, you run it both ways. I have no issue with that. I mean, Herbert, we're talking a mid-tier or mid-tier two quarterback on a slate that doesn't have Josh Allen because he's playing on Monday night, Patrick Mahomes because he's playing tonight. So you're talking a quarterback that we think is tier two when you include everybody. And he's tier two without two of the tier one guys, even as an option. So to me, he's far too cheap here and a nice option to stack with Williams, who's $1,400 cheaper than anybody else worth their salt at the receiver position in this specific game that we're targeting. To me, that makes him... A very valuable stacking option. Gets you some salary relief. And listen, Miami ranked third in blitz rate last year. To me, that means they're bringing the heat, which means they're leaving some things open downfield. My guy, Mike Williams, a big, bad Mike Williams, opening up for some big plays. I think Kellen Moore's offense puts him in the slot a little bit more, raises that floor, keeps the ceiling high. Wheels off. Chargers stack to start it off. Well... I find it to be a very interesting stack. And you mentioned the triple stack. What are your thoughts on the triple stack? If you're super high on a quarterback, right? And you think it's just going to be a shootout. And you said Vegas already has this as one of the highest lines heading into week number one. What are your thoughts on a triple stack with Keenan Allen alongside Mike Williams with Justin Herbert as taking up three of your spots in your, in your DFS lineup? I love it. I mean, in a spot like this, I love it. You can't do it with everybody. Justin feels it makes no sense. He's not going to throw enough passes to solidify it. But I have Justin Herbert leading the league in passing this year. If there's ever going to be a guy to triple stack, do it that way. We'll talk about one later on, another triple stack that I like. But yeah, I mean, Herbert's going to throw the ball 40, 45 times. And 
Williams and Allen probably eating up 30, 35% of those targets at a minimum. I think he throws a two, three, four touchdowns. Triple stack is in play here and a bring back on the Dolphin side. If you want it, it's going to be pricey. You got to find your spots to choose elsewhere, but I think it's very live for week one. Yeah. So speaking of the other side, my stack of the week is on the other side of this okay. matchup and it's with Tua Tonga Vailoa, who sure. is, I mean, right there in that same price range with Justin Herbert's Herbert 6,900 on DraftKings, Tua's at 67, but I am going with the premium option in Tyreek Hill at $8,200. He's the third most expensive option at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. heading into the week. Now, Cooper Cup's not available, so really he's the number two uh, most expensive option heading into week number one. But the reason why, uh, Jalen Waddle's been dealing with an abdomen injury throughout mm-hmm. most of, or I believe an oblique injury uh, throughout most of the preseason. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be available. It does look like he's trending in the right direction yeah. for week number one. But what we do know is that the Miami Dolphins running back position is absolutely decimated by injuries right now. And if you want to throw a dart at Raheem Mostert, I'm totally fine with that in DFS, um, in DFS lineups. I just think it could be a little bit chalky, but when we're talking about if this is going to be a shootout and we do expect the chargers to put up a lot of points, the Dolphins are certainly capable of at least oh, keeping yeah. pace and how they keep pace is with Tua Tungavailoa peppering Tyreek Hill with all kinds of targets on all three levels of the football field. So I know it's a it's a little bit of a premium price to pay at the wide receiver okay. position, but I do like the cheetah this week. Premium doesn't make it wrong. Like a lot of people will pivot off of the expensive stacks. They're expensive for a reason. Like these sites aren't dumb. DraftKings is a very smart site, so I think we're on the right track here. There are options. There's going to be cheap options. We'll go over them in a little bit here. But at the top of the board, if you want to go with safety, and this could be a cash game or a tournament, like you said chalky. If this is a cash game, chalky's fine. I only have to beat half the field, and if I'm confident that my quarterback's hitting the 300-yard bonus and I'm getting at least one 100-yard bonus out of this, triple stack it up. Either way. Either way, you both offenses in this game, because you have a pocket-passing quarterback and two very viable receivers, triple stack is very much in play. So speaking of the stack, we're moving to the running back position. Okay. And if you were if you had tuned into our PFN Fantasy YouTube podcast, uh, you may have caught that Soppy is high on an entire backfield heading into week number one. And I kind of like it. It's a team that's going to be playing against the woeful Arizona Cardinals heading into week number one. Oh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about why you like the Washington Commanders backfield so much heading in week, heading into the season opener. Yeah, I mean, I like it partly because it's cloudy. Like DFS, these sites base their pricing for week one specifically way back in the early August, late July. So you, it was cloudy. We didn't know who was leading this commander's backfield. And to be honest, we still don't. And that uncertainty is going to pivot ownership off of them, which is where I step in. And we're going against Arizona, which is a team I am willing to target with just about anybody, but they struggle against running backs that run the ball. They struggle against running backs. They catch the ball. And the commander's offense happens to have two running backs in very pigeonholed spots which is great for us here you know gibson's gonna be the pass catcher so put him in, put him in in a site like DraftKings. that's full ppr if you want to go with robinson on FanDuel, that's less heavy on receptions more heavy on touchdowns fine with that both are priced very reasonably against the cardinals defense that listen we think washington's winning this game controlling the game controlling the ball they're gonna have the ball a ton i was as impressed as anybody with sam howell this offseason but let's let's be clear. He's not throwing the ball 35 times if they can help it. Both these guys touched the ball 15 to 17 times against one of the worst defenses in the league. I've, it's good salary relief. A 
alongside these expensive stacks we talked about, I'm going to have a commander running back in just about every lineup I build this week. Yeah, and not to mention that the, the Washington Commanders were top 10 last year in rushing attempts yeah. uh, throughout the entire NFL season. So it is a team that wants to run the football. They just lacked a lot of explosive plays, but against a, a weaker opponent on the defensive side of the football, you could see some of those explosive plays along with high volume. Sure. And I do think that there's a, enough work to, for both players to eat in week number one. For me at running back, though, mm-hmm. and this is a guy that in redraft formats, we we haven't really been super high on and haven't talked about a lot because we expect the Baltimore Ravens to open up their offense quite a bit and throw the ball, and sure. they, they have these Todd new receivers Munkin. and Zay Flowers, a new offensive coordinator, and Todd Munkin. Greg Roman is no longer uh, there, which has been you know a very, very run-heavy scheme during his time with Lamar Jackson. But in week number one, the Baltimore Ravens are probably not going to be required to air the ball out all that much against the Houston Texans, right? So if we're thinking game script is going to favor the Ravens being out in front for the majority, if not the entirety of the second half, I think that J.K. Dobbins is going to see a lot of work on the ground. And we, while it's hard to get a, a full grasp on how he finished last year. He was efficient with his work despite having Tyler Huntley under center. And he is now what I feel like is going to be pretty healthy, probably the healthiest he's been heading into a season in the, like the last three years. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what JK Dobbins can do and what a, a game that feels like the game script is going to favor him uh, carrying the ball probably 15 to 20 times in this contest. Yeah, no, I like that call. And sometimes the obvious pick isn't the wrong one. You're talking about a near 10-point favorite here that's going to have the ball and going to be scoring. Even if you think the Ravens are going to be pass-heavy, the fact that they're going to be inside the 15-yard line puts Dobbins on the field in a scoring position. He only needs one touch in a spot like that to pay off a price tag. So I like where you're going there. And you mentioned the redraft. Like, we were a little out, on, a little down on JK, but that's because we don't know if he can stay healthy for four months. He just has to stay healthy for four quarters to help you here. I think he can do that. I like that call. So now we can kind of talk about some exciting partnerships that we're going to be having heading yeah. into the 2023 NFL season. This one's fun. Over at Superdraft. And look, player prop players, listen up. The NFL is back. And Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Imagine this. Justin Jefferson's current receiving yards line is just half a yard. Half a yard? If he get it, half. One half. Like, if he catches, if he goes one yard downfield, like three feet? No, a, a foot and a half. Foot and a half. And you cash in this bet? <laughs> you can cash on this bet if he does go for a full three feet of receiving yards in week number one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You are a winner. But wait, there's more. Huh? Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use pro- promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to absolutely smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today. Soppy, have you already played this? It just got legalized like the other day in Connecticut. So I still have to go through and, you know, through the paperwork here. But I get my money matched and then I get the best receiver in football to gain a yard. Like, what's not to like here? Use the promo code PFN. You're doubling, tripling your money before the games even start. Like, I don't like cashing bets before they're actually winners. I think you can start spending that money before it's officially cashed. Yeah, this is one of the easiest promos that I've ever seen. I'd say so. So 
I'm, I'm juiced up, even though it's against my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Justin Jefferson, catch one pass for eight yards. I'm okay with it. Personally, I've invested you in, in fantasy, so I want you to do more damage than one catch for eight yards. But if I can guarantee a winner in week number one, I like that start uh, with our new partnership with Superdraft. So speaking of which, I kind of, do you have any props in mind? Uh, kind of like a pick your prop session here, or uh, segment here. You know, give me a prop to cash in on with players we've discussed kind of up to this point is there anybody that kind of jumps to mind whether it be mike williams justin herbert or etc i think overs on anything with the chargers related but one that kind of stuck out in my mind we've got a lowest scoring team on sunday prop up there and the cardinals are plus 600 they're the favorite like i understand that you're going against you know 20 some other teams here so that you know, the percentages don't really work out in your favor, but they're terrible, Derek. They are awful. They're not scoring more than 20 points. I'm not sure they get to 10 points and I get six times my money to say they're going to be the lowest scoring team on Sunday. So from a prop perspective, that's one of my favorite on the board this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you mostly. I mean, obviously there's so many things that can happen in a game, special teams, turnovers, you know, pick sixes and stuff like that, that can destroy those type of bets. But on paper, yeah, the, the Arizona Cardinals are an offense that I don't think many are projecting to have a great week one against a commander's defense that's pretty talented. Um, another team, though, too, the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud making his NFL, sure. NFL debut under center as a starting quarterback against a very, very good Baltimore Ravens defense. So both of those, I'm kind of I'm like, I, I, I'm willing to put a bet you down bet on both. both of those. Better both, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and kind of pivot to the quarterbacks in the player pool, right? So uh, this doesn't include the quarterbacks that we stacked. We're going to be kind of talking about uh, if you have any issues spending up or if there's any bargain basement options that you see that for these lines and and prices that were set months ago for week number one, uh, does anybody really come to mind for you, Safi, heading into week one? Yeah, I've got a few here. I mean, there's always going to be strategy built into this. Either you're going into a lineup thinking you're going to build with an expensive quarterback and work down from there, or you're going to go cheap at the top and build out elsewhere, go expensive with the Charger receivers or the Dolphin receivers or whatever may be the case for that week. So if you're going at the top of the board, I like Lamar. There's a few options up there, but like I said earlier, no Mahomes, no Allen on this slate. So the pickings are a little slim at the top. If you're going to the tippy-tippy top of the mountain, I like Lamar over Hurts, Field Burrow, types it's it's close though i mean it, that's where i'm going the biggest bo- favorite on the board houston cerebral we mentioned that they're going to be scoring early and often so that's where i would go at the expensive end but if you're paying down and this is where i think it gets interesting this is where we can kind of separate ourselves i've got geno smith against the rams or deshaun watson against the Bengals. This is my two favorite pay down options the rams i just don't know how they stay on the field i mean the cooper cup's going to be out i'm not big on cam Akers. That defense is terrible. Like I don't know how they get off the field. So if Geno's on the field and we know where he's going with the ball, it's going to be Metcalf and Lockett for the most part. There's a ton of stacking options there. Neither one of them is priced too high. Geno comes in at 6,100. think that's very, very live. And then Deshaun right. Watson offers some upside in a game against the Bengals where, yeah, the Bengals defense is good. I'm not going to lie, but he's going to have to keep up with Gerald Burrow and company that's going to require some scoring and a sneaky like cleveland's offensive options like i don't know if we've talked about it enough you've got amari cooper we know that you know nick chubb dpj is good elijah moore is good david njoku is good like they're going to be able to move the ball and the last time he faced these Bengals, we're talking 48 opportunities that's passes plus rushes i want to spend my dfs money on opportunities 
on a gifted athlete like Deshaun Watson at 6K. I think that's a good way to go if you're paying down at the quarterback position. Yeah, no, I, I like a lot of the options that you mentioned. The only thing with paying for the top option this week with Lamar Jackson is, you know, what, what is the game script going to potentially yeah. look like? You know, I, I don't, neither of us probably feel like the the Texans are a, a safe bet to put up more than 17 points in week number yeah. one, right? So I, the only thing is how, how much is the foot going to be on the gas for the Baltimore offense? Uh in the second in the second half i think lamar will get his for sure it's just that's the only reason why i hesitate a little bit at the at the very top of this slate so if i'm paying up for a quarterback outside of the guys we mentioned in the stack segment i kind of like kirk cousins this week the tampa bay buccaneers are a very aggressive defense they like to bring a lot of pressure and if you're going to go one-on-one against Justin Jefferson, you're, you're, you're making a big, 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 big mistake because it's really only a matter of time until he burns you once, twice, thrice. It doesn't matter. He is going to beat you on a regular basis if you're not sending extra help. And even if you do send extra help, sometimes it doesn't matter. He's yeah. just that good. Yeah, he's um, and then you you look at another guy in that at Jordan Addison, the rookie out of USC, also spent a lot of time at Pitt. I think he's a very good route runner and uh, not not great, but he's, he's He's very good, good enough to be able to win a lot of one-on-ones that he's expected to see this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, And then some of the issues that the Buccaneers linebackers have had in coverage, namely more so Devin White than Levante David. But, uh, you know, this this Buccaneers defense, once upon a time, has been very difficult to run the football against. They weren't as stout last season, but I still think that they're going to force Kirk Cousins to go to the air quite a bit. I hope that TJ Hawkinson is available for him. Uh, He's dealing with a lower back injury, but I think this is going to be a higher scoring game than a lot of people think. And and Cousins, I can see having a lot of success getting the ball to Justin Jefferson early, often, and throughout this contest. Love that call. So, so, and I'm also on board with Geno Smith, though. Very much so on board with Geno Smith. So let's go ahead and kind of pivot to the wide receiver position. Um, you know, kind of players that are on your radar in this pool for this slate of contests. Um, you know, we just mentioned Justin Jefferson. I'm yeah, interested man. to see what direction and what guys st- stand out to you for week one. Yeah, you're a true professional. We're going to go from your Kirk Cousins love to my Justin Jefferson love. And listen, we're talking a fantasy analyst that loves Justin Jefferson this week. I, I'm not acting like I'm finding gold here or uncovering any information that nobody is well aware of. He's the top price guy, $8,800. I get it. It's hard to pay that kind of sticker price because if he fails, your lineup pretty much fails. You're spending a lot of money on him. But look at the other guys. You mentioned the Tampa Bay defense, and I'm with you on all of that. Justin Jefferson doesn't need a good matchup to get open, but he has one, so I'll take it. But look at the other guys. We got the other receivers priced above 7 k And like I said, Jefferson at 8800 You've got Cup. He's out. Don't play him. You know, spoiler alert there. Tyreek Hill has Waddle. He's got competition. Chase has Higgins. A.J. Brown has Devonta Smith. Keenan Allen has Mike Williams. Everybody up there has a Robin to their Batman. Justin Jefferson, as good as we both think Jordan Addison's going to be, I'm not calling him even close. Like, I'm not a movie guy, so I don't know how how close Robin actually is to Batman. But if it's even reasonably close that those comparisons work, then Addison isn't a Robin to his Batman. He's like a, I don't know, far away, like a, I don't know, far away from Batman. Jefferson is the one and only guy in that offense. So if we think Minnesota is going to lay up points, it's going to be Jefferson. I'm finding a way to get him into lineups if I can. If if I have to do it, I will do it. I will pay down at quarterback. I will pay down at tight end. I'll punt defense. Jefferson's going to be in a lot of my lineups this week. I also have Chris Olave. He's priced as, cor- I'm sorry, wide receiver, 
15 this week. And that seems low if we were including everybody on the slate, but not everybody's on the slate. You've got Amon Ross St. Brown's out. He's playing Thursday night. You've got C.D. Lamb's out. He's playing Sunday night. Stephon Diggs is out. Garrett Wilson. You start talking guys like that, and that means DK's pretty much pricing him as like a fringe top 20 receiver in the game. Like, I don't even love this matchup with Tennessee, but the price is just too low at 6,500. Chris Olave, I think, has true slate-breaking potential anytime he steps on the field. And at $6,500, that's pretty hard to find. How do you feel about Olave in this matchup? Well, I'm curious, what about the matchup kind of scares you? The, the, the Titans actually gave up more passing yards oh, yeah. than any other team in the NFL last year. And while I, I expect Mike Vrabel is, a, I think, a very good head football coach. And it seems like his teams are always ready to play kind of a la mm -hmm. Bill Belichick, right? So, but last year they showed that they had issues stopping opposing passing attacks and Chris Olave can beat you on all three levels of the football field. Okay. So I'm just, I, I, I like everything you made, made yeah, on that point. No, and I actually think that there's more room for optimism sure. than even you suggested. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot down optimism. I'm not, I'm not afraid of Tennessee. I, they're not to me, I guess I'm talking like the Arizona's, the Houston's, they're not in that echelon, but they did allow the most deep touchdown passes in the league last year. So if that goes to Alave instead of like, if you want to go down the board and you want to go Rashid Shahid or somebody like that as a punt play, I'd listen sure. there too. But Chris Alave, I think price per dollar could be one of the best plays on this slate. Also like Deontay Johnson. I don't love going against the 49ers, but at $5,300, if I'm getting 10 targets, I'll pretty much take my chances in any PPR setting. I mean, it's, He's more a percentage play for me. If I think he's getting 10 targets, and if I don't think he's going to be rostered by more than six, seven, eight percent of my competition, okay. The avenue is there for him to produce a big week, or at least a viable one. At $5,300, you're talking you need 16 fantasy points in PPR setting. Could he get me eight for 80? Sure. Maybe he falls into the end zone for the first time in God knows how long, and he goes <laughs> six for 40 and a touchdown. Like, that's that's viable. That gets me there, and it gets me moving. It keeps the lineup moving. It allows me to do some expensive things. And if it's a real pump play, if you're going down the board, Darnell, Mooney, Mooney tunes with the long play against Green Bay. I don't think there's a lot of targets here. There's a lot of downside, but you need to swallow some downside in these GPPs where you're trying to beat 100,000 other people. By no means is this saying lock Mooney in. He's definitely going off. But Green Bay, vulnerable down the field, allowed nearly 17 yards per deep pass attempt, which is just a lot. And he's going to get a few of those looks. I don't think he's going to get many, but he's $300 cheaper than Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think offers next to zero upside. So if you're going to go down the board and you're looking for a dart throw and say, hey, this guy might go three for 80 with a touchdown, I like Mooney. You could do worse. See, and you're mentioning some of that big play upside, right? With with some of those sub five thousand dollar options on DraftKings. Mm -hmm. uh, so Mooney makes sense, right? Uh, I, I I admit that. I, I love what I saw from Mar Mooney like two seasons ago. It's I just know. I didn't like what I saw last year. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, another guy to kind of keep an eye on at wide receiver if you're looking to kind of throw some darts with lower priced options. I think Elijah Moore, who you mentioned yeah. with the Cleveland Browns, uh, him being only at 3,800, he represents a similar skill set to that of Darnell Mooney. In fact, I think he's probably a better prospect than Darnell Mooney. Sure. He has, a, I think, a better quarterback, a more proven passer uh, with Deshaun Watson and what could be like a that. higher scoring game between the Browns and the Bengals. So 3,800 uh, feels very 
very fairly priced for your guy, Elijah your, Moore. Your guy Zay Flowers is 4K. I don't mind him either. He, You might be talking a team wide receiver leader in targets against arguably the worst team in the NFL for $4,000. Like if you're... If I'm going cash games, like I don't know if Zay Flowers is going eight for a hundred out of the gate, but could he go five for sixty-five with you know some touchdown equity in there? At that price, it's worth finding out. See, and, and with you, with your line of thinking, with Lamar Jackson being you know yeah. worth uh, uh, you know paying top shelf, cheap for, way right? to get there. Yeah, yeah, but then if if since you're paying eight thousand dollars for Lamar Jackson on DraftKings, if you pair him up with a $4,000 option, it kind of, it's, yeah, it kind of allows you to, you know, build out the rest of a competent roster <laughs> that you yeah. feel confident with in week one. Uh, so speaking of week one, let's move to the running back position. Who are some guys that you really like their price points in week number one? I think Nick Chubb at the top of the board is pretty interesting just because I, I don't think he's going to be much rostered. You've got CMC or Eckler that I think people will gravitate toward. They've played season long. They've drafted you know, the redraft leagues all summer long. They know those are the top two guys. So if they're going to pay up, they're going to go that route or they're going to save 200 bucks and go Bijan Robinson, the, you know, shiny new toy against the Panthers team that we don't think is great. I think all three of those running backs are great, but that's going to wedge out Nick Chubb who just churns out yardage and fantasy points every single game of every single season. He's just too much to overlook, but I think Based on ownership numbers, he could give you some sneaky leverage at the top of the running back position, well over six yards per target during his career. And with Kareem Hunt now out of the mix, we might see a few more of those. And they're going to want to keep Joe Burrow off the field. I mean, last time these two teams met, we saw Nick Chubb roll up 24 touches and two touchdowns in the win against Cincy last year. Right. If he's doing that at $8,200, I'm willing to pay up for that kind of thing. And he could be sub 10% ownership. So I really like that. And Jamal Williams. He's another one that's interesting to me. We know the scoring equity is there. I don't think he leads the league in scoring like he did last year. But again, targeting Tennessee, I don't think it's a bad deal. He's obviously the lead back in this offense. Miller's banged up. Kamara suspended. And he's priced outside the top 25 at his position. This is where you're leveraging pricing coming out well before the Kamara suspension. So they had to build in some assumption that he would be there. You're talking about a favorite. Those are That's where I like to go with my running backs. I want them to be leading and churning and running out the clock to a degree and let's not forget the dude averaged nearly three catches per game in 2019 when he was playing with the Packers he's not viewed as a big pass catching option but I think it's in his arsenal a little bit to be viable to a degree there in this lead role that he's going to have in September for the Saints offense the word capable comes to mind when it comes yeah. to Jamal Williams abilities as a pass catcher, right? It's, it's it, like you said, it's not an elite trait of his, but certainly he is capable of handling those duties Agreed. while, you know, Kendry Miller is dealing with a hamstring injury, which there are, it seems like he's trending in the right direction to at least be available, but uh, do I still What's touch see? Split? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still think it still favors Jamal Williams. Absolutely. The, the only thing that makes me hesitate a little bit with Jamal Williams is the Tennessee Titans as bad as they were against opposing passing the defenses last yeah. year, they were fantastic against opposing rushing attacks. So, you know, I understand the price point is there right. certainly for volume and could he, see some goal line opportunities similar to how he did last year and yeah. the efficiency is not much. there, but yeah. he punches one in. Yeah. I could see a, uh, a that being within the range of outcomes and him being able to return value in that regard. He's uh, priced under Zeke right now. Like what's that? To, he's priced under Zeke right now. Like right. It, to me, it's, it's more a positional play than it is an actual love the guy play, but sometimes you need those. 
I do have a lovely guy play that probably isn't going to be very popular because okay. Kenneth Walker's been named the starter, but Ooh, Zach Charbonnet okay, I like is this. a very, very, very good football player. And I truly believe without Cooper Cup being available for the Los Angeles Rams, they're going to really struggle to put to score points. In my, it, that's my take. Now, I think that's Sean a fact. McVay's, I think that's a Sean McVay is a great offensive mind, no doubt about it. And I imagine he'll have them competitive in the first half, first quarter ish uh, of this contest. But I truly believe that the Seahawks are just going to overwhelm them on both sides of the football because uh, I just think it's a far more talented roster and. Even if Kenneth Walker is first in line for touches and and uh, looks in this offense, if they're sporting a double digit lead in the second half, do I think we're going to gonna see a, a plenty of work for Zach Charbonnet? It's kind of the same line of thinking for the Washington Commanders yep, backfield. Exactly. Uh, so at forty eight hundred dollars, I'm actually okay with Zach Charbonnet if you decide to go with uh, you know more expensive options at other positions. So speaking of more expensive options at other positions, tight end. Who do you like a tight end this week? My namesake, my guy Kyle Pitts. Kyle <laughs> with a five-letter last name. What's not to like there other than the first two seasons of his career? He's really done nothing wrong. I, I Listen, this is a little disrespectful for me. We've got him priced as a fringe top 10 guy at the position on a slate that's missing some big names. Like that, to me, we're getting a little disrespectful. I, I get it. I get that he's risky. I get that this game's not going to have a ton of possessions like I'm not carving out my lineup around Kyle Pitts, but if he fits into what I'm doing, I'm not turning it down. We know the target share is going to be there. We think the offense is going to play a little bit faster. They were about 10% faster on a per play basis with Ritter than Mariota last season. We think the offense is going to be a little more successful with Bijan kind of, you know, steamrolling things a little bit and getting them in scoring position. I'm not building a lineup around Pitts. But again, if it falls that way, I'm going that way. If it's a little cheaper, I think the low 4Ks is, just has a lot of options. You've got Gerald Everett down there. We mentioned the Chargers pass game. If you don't want to pay up for the receivers, go a little further down. Everett could catch. He could see six to eight targets and score. Like, that's very possible. $4,300 in a projected shootout. I'll take my chances there. You've got David Njoku going against the Bengals. We mentioned it earlier that they're going to need to score and stay on the field. And Pat Farmer, like, he's... Just a good option at boxing out and getting you the points. At $4,000, I think he's going to be a low-owned option because nobody wants to face San Fran. And if right. he scored if $4,000, you need 12 points to pay that off. That's four catches for 20 yards and a touchdown. Could he do that? I don't think it's out of the range of possibility. And Pittsburgh could still get blown out. Like, you could still <laughs> like the 49ers in that game and Firemouth could pay it off. So I'm that's where I'm going with that. I actually, I I feel like I'm calling the upset. I think the Pittsburgh wow. Steelers. I think the Pittsburgh okay. Steelers numbers uh, like it surpri surprise a lot of people uh, and and take down the San Francisco 49ers. Wow, you heard it here. I like it. So I look. I I'm higher on this Pittsburgh passing offense than a lot I'm of folks. It. And hmm. uh, you know, we've talked about how we like Deontay Johnson. We like George Pickens. We like what we've seen from Kenny Pickett this preseason. Sure. And they've got a home game where they're the clear underdog. Uh, and you're not going to tell me that that's not going to light a fire under some of this Pittsburgh squad. I, I think that this team has some cohesiveness to it. And of course you've got Mike Tomlin, who is, uh, I think gritty. one of the best you talk about, you said once upon a time, you gave me one of the greatest compliments I've ever heard on air. As you said, you, Derek makes you want to run, run through, through a wall. wall. Yeah, yeah. Every time I hear Mike Tomlin talk, it makes oh, me so juiced good. up and want to go it's put so on my good. cleats and run around in my backyard. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, it, 
it's something where I think that this is going to be a very competitive game. But let me allow, just allow me to make one point about your Green Bay Packers. Sure. They're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. Uh, to an already, and Romeo already thin receiver core. Yeah. <laughs> right. At already, we don't know what to expect in the first place from, you know, this projected volume in the passing game. These two guys look like their week one status is in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. So Luke Musgrave is sitting there at $2,900 on DraftKings. Yeah, man. I I don't know if he's going to be chalky at that price if the other two options aren't available, but he certainly is enticing. Tell me I'm wrong. You're you're definitely not. The chalk would be the concern if some of those receivers are ruled out. I think the Musgrave play actually gains credibility, I'll say, if those receivers play. Because in that, right. I think you get people pivoting off of them. And you're talking sub 3,000. Like, you're going to pay more for a defense. You get a tight end in there that's going to be on the field. Like, I don't even care. We've never seen him earn targets. Like, we don't know what he's capable of of at the NFL level and say what you will about Jordan Love. We don't know exactly what he is. So there's plenty of downside that comes with it. Sure. But if he's going to be on the field for 60, 70% of the snaps and run 25 routes, you fall into earning value at under $3,000. He needs right. nine fantasy points. Like if he gets five targets, he's getting nine fantasy points. I feel fine about that. So I, I actually like that call a lot. So, um, and, and one other guy to keep an eye on at the tight end position. I don't want to drag on too long. I know no, it, it's just so much DFS to talk in week number one. I, <laughs> but um, keep an eye on Mark Andrews. He's yeah. been missing practice time with an undisclosed injury. And if he can't go, Fire I love likely. Isaiah Likely at $3,000. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's rare. And a lot of the optimizers out there will spit out two tight end lineups are optimal because they're so much cheaper than the other positions. But right. if you wanted, if Andrews is out and if either one of these receivers for Green Bay sits and you wanted to go likely and Musgrave and that's under $6,000 in your lineup and you could just basically build chalk in high end guys everywhere else. Uh, I've heard crazier. Like you get value there. And if you hit the nuts on one of these, like, like if you hit on Tua and Tyreek and he throws for 350 and Tyreek's good for half that. And we could be talking a big score. Derek Tate might not be coming to work on Monday. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> let's uh, let's not go down that road. And speaking of spending money, uh, we, we talked about how some of these tight end options that we just mentioned mm -hmm. are cheaper than what you're paying for a defense. So are there any defenses that really stand out heading into week number one? And it's hard to know with defenses in particular because there's so many different moving parts uh, season over season. So is there anybody that really jumps out in week one? If you have a source where you look for ownership on a weekly basis, this is how I use it. Like, I just won't. If I'm not taking a chalky defense. I'm just not. We have no idea what these defenses are going to do. They're a slippery football or a, you know, a pass off a helmet away from a big day or you're a dropped interception away from what could have been. So I'm not spending big there or I'm not, I'm not allocating a lot of my attention there. I want to build my roster and then see what fits. You don't have to spend every dollar. And a lot of people make that mistake thinking they have to run the budget to zero. You don't. Pick your defense that you like. Pick the spot that you like. But be aware that dropbacks create fantasy points. Like You could say you want to target the Texans and you want the Ravens defense and you want to pay up for it. But how many passes is CJ Stroud going to throw? Not many. And it's not going to give you many chances for sacks, for fumbles, for interceptions, for turnovers, for those game-breaking plays. So I'm, I have the Jags in a lot of spots. Like, I like them going against Anthony Richardson because Richardson's going to be out on the run. It's not that I don't think Richardson can produce. I just think he can run himself into some problems. Maybe four sacks. 
maybe he runs himself into a situation where he's trying to create, makes a dumb rookie throw, and it's six the other way. I don't have to bet against the other team completely. I just need those big plays. I think the Eagles, they're very viable against, you know, a boring Patriots offense where the Eagles can be aggressive. But again, how many chances is Mac Jones going to give the defense to score? I don't think it's that many. So if you were, if you want to flip this on its head and say, Kyle doesn't know what he's talking about off the top. I'm not going with the Chargers. I'm going to pivot because Kyle's Chargers are going to be chalky. If you want to go with the Dolphins at 2,500, we know Justin Herbert's going to throw the ball a ton. That could put the ball in danger. We know Kellen Moore likes to stretch the field. Again, we saw all the interceptions with Dak Prescott last year. It's risky, but at $2,500, it's low risk, high reward. And if you're fading the stack as it is, you have a chance to gain on however whatever percentage of the field goes Chargers, you not only gain on them by not going them. So if the Chargers fail, you're already picking up points on them. But if they fail, now they're failing upwards for you because they're failing to your defense. So there's there's a game theory strategy in that. It's not personally for me this week, but it's an option worth mentioning, worth considering this week if you're on that or moving forward. See, I hear a lot of what you're saying, and while you make an interesting point about C.J. Stroud, they're probably not going to call, you know, 50-plus dropbacks. Hope not. They're still going to play. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> that's probably not a winning formula for head coach D'Amico Ryans, but the problem is how are, how are they going to stay competitive if they're down multiple scores yeah, heading yeah. into the second half? So it's I'm not saying they're going to completely abandon the run. I'm not saying that they're going to hit that 50-dropback mark, but – what I saw from CJ Stroud during a, a good amount of this preseason is there's his feet are a mess. It looks like he's playing like hesitating a little bit. And there's going to be a lot of complex looks that this rookie is going oh, yeah. to see in week number one. So I still think that, you know, $4,000 while it is the most expensive of all the options, I could actually see that being okay. worth it in week number one. The Vikings makes no sense at thirty nine hundred dollars. I think Agreed. that their defense doesn't have the talent to be able to justify that price point. Our industry's um, killing the Bucks way too quick. I, I, I agree. And now, I, do I think the Bucks are going to win the NFC South? No, they don't. No, we're treating but, them like and a I'm a Bucks fan. Team. But yeah, I, but but no, but it. it to say that they don't have talent on the offensive side of the football that counteracts the weakness that the Vikings have on defense is would just be incredibly incorrect in my opinion. So, but what we're talking about also other line of thinking when it comes to other rookie quarterbacks, you mentioned the Jags defense. I could see Richardson trying to rely on his legs a yeah. little bit more than he probably should and maybe holding the ball a bit too long and running himself into a couple sacks, maybe a couple arid throws uh, in a game that if they're playing from behind, the rookie's forced to throw the ball more mm -hmm. than they probably like. So some mistakes potentially there. And in the same thought process, while I'm not huge on the Falcons' defense, you're still facing off against a young quarterback yep. in an offense that hasn't looked very good during the majority of this preseason, and the Falcons' defense is only $3,200. So... You know, and not to mention they're at home. So yeah. I, I kind of, I think the Falcons defense, any of those defenses that are going against rookie quarterbacks making their first Agreed. start, I'm intrigued by in week one. I'm with you there. So that being said, we have our finishing segment here on the first. Already? First episode. Really, it's it's the really the first episode. It was last week was the pilot. This is the first episode yeah. for week one of our DFS podcast. We got a hot take, Soppy. Tell me what you got. What's a hot take of the week? The hot take of the week is that I think I've solved this thing and I'm making a million dollars. It's just that easy. It's, I mean, other than that, why why come out guns blazing here when I could just uh, just 
solve everything. We mentioned the Bucks. I think that's the hot take this week, that the triple stack Bucks is the way to go. Baker Mayfield to Mike Evans to Chris Godwin. If you're playing a crazy big GPP, which I'll be in one, and this is what I'm throwing out there, you've got those three because you're, you're sucking up 40% of the targets. They don't have to be... We think they're going to be quality targets because we don't think Minnesota can play defense. So I'm going there. I'm going to be on the betting podcast later today. I'm going to tell them that I think that game's going over the total. And if that's going to be right, Baker's going to be a part of it. You bring it back with Alexander Madison because the Vikings are playing with a lead. So now they're running the ball a lot. So he racks up 20 touches. He gets me a touchdown. The Bucs have to throw. So now we've you see what we're building here. And yep. because the Bucks stack is so cheap, I'm going to go with a mini stack that allows me to go Tyreek Hill and Mike Williams. Same game. Get that game going up and down, up and down, up and down with the two big play guys in that game. I'll let you guys figure out what to do from there. But that's what I've got. That's my build. I'm going with Baker Mayfield throwing to his two guys, Madison bringing it back, and then a Tyreek, Mike Williams, mini stack is my main core here in a hot take. All, you know, go for broke, all gas, no breaks, GPP lineup in week one. I've, I'm just going to react to yours. Sure. <laughs> it if, requires if, I don't, if I don't see you next week, it's because that all hit. And hey, came yeah, true. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been an, an incredible first episode. Uh, well, second episode for week one of our DFS podcast here on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. If you have not yet done so, go ahead and hit the like button so you can pay homage to Lord Algorithm. It, it helps us. Go ahead and subscribe as well. Look, also, if you're consuming this via podcast, go ahead and rate and subscribe and review our podcast. Give us a five stars. That's that's all we ask in return. We're producing all of this fantasy football content over at profootballnetwork.com providing all of these tools, whether it's a trade analyzer tool, whether it's a DFS optimizer, you know, start sit optimizer. We're providing all these tools for you guys. We love it. We're pumping out content as well. So go ahead. We just ask that you leave us a five-star review wherever you consume your podcast. Also click the little bell on YouTube. So you get the ding, ding, ding. Every single time we drop a new video. Soppy, you got anything before we sign off? No, looking forward to it. Let's get this rolling today and into the weekend and have a big week. Absolutely. Good luck heading into week number one. Enjoy the opening matchup of the NFL 2023 season tonight with the Lions taking on the Chiefs. And until next time, later, says the Tater.